Hello, and thank you for listening to Technology Simplified, tech talk everyone can understand. I am your host, Will Slappy, and today I am joined by Tucker Green of Vala Secure. Tucker serves as the Director of Virtual Advisory Services at Vala Secure, an incredibly talented group of cybersecurity and compliance experts. Tucker is an Air Force veteran, including security operations associated with Air Force One. After re-entering the civilian world, he contracted for the FBI as a senior cyber threat, helping to protect some of the United States' most prominent companies. We're so excited to have him as a guest today and to bring his wealth of knowledge and experience to our listeners. So, Tucker, to get us started here, for our listeners that do not know, what does a virtual chief information security officer, or also known as a VCSO, do? Yeah, so some people call it a VSO, some people call it a CISO, but basically the VCSO is like the head honcho of your company's cybersecurity, um, making sure that everything's running smoothly and that your data is safe and secure. Uh, we, work lo- we work closely with your IT department uh, to develop strategies and implement best practices to keep your company's sensitive information protected from potential threats. And so, like, you know, a lot of people out there listening are probably familiar with, like, a CIO, right? Um, And so, you know, instead of a CIO, this is a CISO. So um, I know there's kind of some overlap. So what's kind of the difference if somebody's like, well, you know, we've already got a CIO. Um, Do we need a a, a CISO or a CISO also? What's kind of the difference between a classic CIO and a CISO? So mainly the difference between a CIO and a CISO is the the s right so we're more focused on security and the uh procedures and documents that you would need to develop your security program gotcha right yeah so there's a particular focus in on the security aspect um and uh and a lot of times the the cso's uh work hand in hand with the with the the cios as well um so when a business you know chooses to hire a, a b cso um, do they do that from more of a like preventative measure or is that, you know, uh, they just got ransomed or some other sort of breach? Like what, what, what's the driver for why a business would, you know, choose to, Hey, you know, we, we, we need a VCSO service. Yeah. So by hiring a VCSO, businesses can ensure that they have the necessary expertise, uh, to develop and implement their cybersecurity strategy that aligns with their business objectives and can also meet industry standards that they have to meet. So uh, the proactive approach can help mitigate that risk of a data breach or a cyber attack, um, which, though you know, those can be incredibly costly in terms of both financial and reputational damage. Um, of course, some, some businesses may choose to hire a VC so in response to a breach uh, or an incident. Um, but the trend and, and the best approach is towards proactive measures to keep uh, or to prevent such incidents from happening in the first place. Right, right. Yeah, and I'm glad that you brought you know brought up the point about um, compliance. Right. So um, uh, I know some off the top of my head, but you probably know know more of them than, than I do. What are some of those industries uh, or types of businesses that would have uh, a BCSO help with their compliance? Yeah, so healthcare, finance, uh, government, or you know, other any industry that needs you know any 
uh, regulatory uh, compliance, we can help with that. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 not only are there uh, compliance already in place for many of those uh, industries, as you noted, but um, there's a lot more coming. I, I, anybody who watches what Congress is doing, there's a there's a lot of talk, you know, uh, about um, uh, you know more compliance required, you know, as we see uh, cybersecurity incidents uh, increase. Um. So. If you have some sort of incident, and, and, and maybe just so everybody knows, when we talk about like an incident, what does that mean? Yep. So incidents, um, in terms of like BC, so anyways, we don't typically uh, respond to those incidents. But what we do do is we work with your IT and uh, security team, if you have one, to investigate uh, the incident, the, the cause of a breach. So that um, can be, you know, develop your remediation plans, provide guidance and support to the organization's leadership team, uh, talk to your legal team and and make sure that they're doing everything they need to do there. Um, so what, and what are some examples? Just I always try to keep this like down to earth for our listeners. So what are some examples of what we'd be talking about? When, you know, like what is an incident? What, what are some examples of incidents? So let's say a phishing attempt, uh, for example, somebody sends, you know, some bad actor sends your whole organization uh, this phishing email, which is basically them just trying to get information out of your company. Um, You click a a bad link in an email, takes you to a bad website, and uh, you type in your Microsoft login information, and then that threat actor has that and can use it to log into you know, your company's uh, SharePoint or, or whatever they're trying to gain access to. Right. So an incident basically is any sort of breach, I guess would be maybe a good way. Um, where, where however that breach occurs, you know, that that I think that's what, what, what you're saying an incident is. So if there is an incident or we could say a breach, what role does the BCSO play in helping with that incident response? Yeah, so going back a little bit on what I said earlier, uh, we develop the plans for these incident res- these incidents, right? Called incident response. Um, develop your remediation plan and provide guidance on uh, on how to get through this incident because a lot of companies have never been through an incident before, so they really need someone to hold their hand through the whole process, and that's where we come in. Right, right. Yeah. So it sounds like that from what you said earlier, there's kind of like two different options, right? If you have a, a BCSO on a proactive measure, you have the plans already in place, uh, have the policies in place, hopefully one that's preventing an incident from occurring. But even if there is an incident that occurs and you, hey, you got a plan sitting on the shelf, you're ready to grab and execute all. Um, whereas it sounds like maybe the other half of people are bringing in a BCSO um, after they've had a breach and then now they're kind of behind the eight ball trying to figure out, okay, you know, how are we going to respond to this? And, and they're really not prepared. Would that be a fair assessment? Uh, yeah, exactly. And, you know, they may bring us in like a post uh, response, right? <laughs> so they have the breach. They see we didn't have any plans in place. Now they need somebody to to get that in place so that the next breach isn't, isn't as bad because it's not a, if it's going to happen, it's a win. Right, right. Um, so in terms of like long-term planning, 
you know, it'll, you know, a lot of people listening out this, you know, maybe in various different executive roles that are, you know, uh, you know, working a little long-term planning. How does a, uh, you know, VCSO um, assist with and work with the executive team in terms of long-term planning? So a VCSO helps with long-term planning by developing a cybersecurity strategy um, aligning with your company's uh, organize, or organization's objectives. Um, this includes identifying current vulnerabilities, uh, implementing new technologies, uh, as as preventative uh, as a preventative measure, updating old policies, conducting regular assessments, uh, providing training to uh, your employees, and um, stay, helping your company stay up to date with emerging threats. Um, we ensure a sus- uh, sustainable and effective cybersecurity program. Uh, and can adapt to to pretty much any um, cyber threat landscape. So from a long-term planning, I mean, obviously speaking, all the technological changes that you talked about there. Um, but what are like one of the ones that comes comes to mind for me that a lot of people are talking about is like, you know, remote work. So is that something that uh, a BC so would assist with in terms of that planning? Um, and at what stage in that process? You know, if a, if a business owner is thinking out there, you know, or an executive is out there thinking like, okay, hey, you know, I'm thinking about having, you know, more people work remotely. You know, how does the, you know, BCSO um, assist in that conversation? Yes. So more and more companies are going to the remote, uh, the remote as opposed to coming in to, to the office. Um, you know, we can help ensure that, um all of the vendors that you're using for this new technology uh, are uh, legitimate and, you know, are doing their due, di- due, due diligence to um, keep, you know, your conversations and your data safe. Um, and, uh, you know, make sure that the VPN that you're using to access uh, customer data or to access company data is also secure. Right. Yeah. So before you just jump into a fully remote or partially remote or whatever that is, um, it uh, obviously you need to make sure that the techno- technology from a security perspective is is uh, ready to support that. Um, so, you know, one of the things we hadn't hit on a whole lot, but it, it's kind of in the name, right? So uh, a company could have a CISO, which would be a chief information security officer, um, or they could have a B. CISO, uh, which is just simply a virtual, you know, chief information security officer. So, um, and and the difference being that the 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 VCSO is is a fractional, right? Uh, you know, you're uh, instead of hiring a full time CISO that could be really really expensive, uh, you're able to hire you know uh, somebody on a fractional type basis uh, that can you know provide those services, especially you know if you obviously if you're a large multinational company, you know you probably have somebody in house. But vast majority of companies out there are not big enough to to have somebody like that on staff, you know, with them. So, um, I guess the question would come into play of like, okay, you know, if there's if there's an executive out there thinking like, yeah, I know I need CISO, I need somebody in that CISO role. Like, when does it make sense to hire that CISO, and when does it make sense to um, have that outsourced via some sort of like VCSO type of plan? Yeah, so there are three main reasons uh, why one of our clients would choose to outsource their cybersecurity 
to a VCSO rather than hiring an in-house team. Uh, firstly, outsourcing to a, a VCSO is, is more cost effective, like you said earlier. Um, way more cost effective than hiring a full-time in-house security team, especially for smaller organizations. Uh, it allows them to access the necessary expertise without incurring the cost of hiring, training, and maintaining you know, that dedicated security team. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad that you noted too there, you know, as a team, right? Because, you know, it's not just about hiring like a CISO, right? Because a CISO, even if you hire a CISO, they're going to need other people supporting them as well. So you're you're really getting a, a fractional VSO team, not just a, a a fractional CISO. Exactly. Yeah. And with that comes, you know, a broader range of expertise and experience. Um a VCSO and, and, and our team, you know, typically have experience working with a variety of organizations, uh, which means we have a deep understanding of, you know, latest threats and vulnerabilities in multiple industries and not just uh, maybe the one that you're working in, but maybe, you know, your clients' industries or um, industries that you partner with. Yeah, yeah. It kind of reminds me a lot of even like legal services to a certain extent that at some point you might get big enough to have an in-house counsel. Uh, but even when you have in-house counsel, you usually always continue to have, you know, um, other, you know, outside legal um, experts that you work with, right? Um, even though in-house counsel is constantly being, you know, um, uh, out, outside counsel for additional, you know, perspective that is seeing those same types of things, you know, each and every day. So it sounds like it's very similar in terms of you know, what people might do in the security world, because there is so much to see and it's almost impossible for any one person to know it. And so being a part of a team, whether, whether one of those team members is on, you know, is, is inside of the company or not, um, having a team of people that can be looking at something, you know, it sounds like a much better way for it to go than, uh, you know, it's a team sport, if you will, um, than, uh, than trying to do it all, uh, individually. So, you know, some of the businesses out there might not, um, have as big of a of a you know understanding of the need that they have. So they might say something like, you know, we're not regulated. You know, do we really need this? You know, we're you know we make clothes hangers or you know something like that. Like you know, why would we need this? Um, or hey, we're just a small company. You know, we've only got you know thirty employees, and you know why would anybody want to want to target you know target us? You know, um, so. Um, uh, what what would you say to to a business that were to 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 say something along those lines to you? Yeah, so in today's day and age, you know everything's online, and all businesses are at risk of cyber attacks, regardless of your size, regardless of your regulatory status. Uh, small businesses are often targeted as they may have fewer resources and less sophisticated security measures in place. So. Um, cyber attacks can lead to, you know, more significant financial loss and reputational damage than people realize. Um, and, you know, realize exam real life examples of small businesses being targeted you know, exist. So um, as more businesses move online, the risk of cyber attacks will just continue to grow. And, you know, all businesses should take their cybersecurity seriously and consider uh, a VCSO service. Uh, to protect their data and assets, just like they would um, if they needed an actual, you know, on-site um, physical security team to to keep somebody from breaking into their building. They also need cybersecurity to keep people from breaking into their databases. 
Right. Yeah, I think you brought up a really good point there, which is that, hey, yeah, maybe maybe what you have is not worth as much as a, a big, you know, Fortune 500 company, um, you know, in terms of like what the payout that they could get. But you might be an easier target because um, you don't have as much security in place, you know. And so I think it's it's uh, it's like any crime out there. There's 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 crime that, you know, people are trying to steal hundred million dollars and there's crime people trying to spend, you know, to, to steal a thousand dollars and different cri- criminals attack, you know, different areas uh, at different size targets um, based upon their level of sophistication. So uh, it would it would be uh, foolish to think that 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 you wouldn't um, you, you wouldn't get attacked. I did hear something the other day that I thought was a really good point along these uh, along these lines was um, that I heard somebody talking to, to to a customer. They were retelling about talking to the customer. The customer says, I don't have anything that anybody would want to steal. There's nothing that I have of a value, you know. If you uh, if you were to get my data, you wouldn't be able to do anything with it. And and the person retelling the story, they said what they asked the customer was, "Well, does that data have value to you? And would you be willing to pay to get that data back if somebody stole it?" And the answer, of course, was yes. And so it's uh, you know somebody be like, "Hey, wait, I mean, hey, if you want my data, you can have it." But when they come in with something like ransomware and encrypt it to where you can't get access to your data. Would you be willing to, you know, to pay to, to get it back? And so I, I thought that was kind of a, a good, um, a good answer, you know, to uh, to to that question. Uh, any final thoughts, you know, Tucker, you know, for our listeners that are out there that you know are are you know um, thinking about you know DC, so trying to understand it, you know, any any final thoughts that you would share with them just about you know your industry and what's going on? Um, cyber threats are growing every day. Uh, there's more and more coming as we go more and more online. So if you don't have a security, uh, if you don't have a good security posture, or maybe you don't even know if your company has a security posture period, you know, maybe talking to uh, a VC so or um, someone of the of someone similar would probably be a good idea. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, all right. Well, hey, that uh, concludes our time here today on Technology Simplified. Uh, thank you, everyone out there for listening. Um, and thanks uh, to you, Tucker Green, um, for coming on board uh, here with us and uh, and telling us uh, about all that you do there at Vala Secure uh, and for sharing uh, your expertise as a virtual chief information security officer. Uh, make sure to follow Technology Simplified to help keep your business technology running a efficiently, securely, and productively. Have a great week, everyone.